Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Spin FL. It's Jonathan Rollins. Excuse me, sorry. We're two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Mm-hmm. As in the NFL, this series we're doing now is the autopsies of every <clears> team. <throat> and uh, what we think about it, man, how they ended their lives in their in 2020. Right. Uh, and we're going to do the NFC South. We're going by division. As we do here at Spain NFL, we're going by division. And we're going alphabetically in each division, too. I thought... We just mm. keep it how we did it when we broke everything down um, early in the in the last season of the podcast. Makes so, sense. So we're gonna go alphabetically. <clears throat> so when people say, "Oh, but we're number one, we should go last," I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, right. fuck that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so, in this particular case, uh, the winner does come last alphabetically. I assume. Tampa no, Bay. I was going by their uh, their name, Buccaneers. By the oh, okay. Mascot, right yeah. on. So yeah, it's we'll Bucks. Falcons. Fuck the bu- fuck the Bucks. <laughs> so we're going Bucks, Falcons, Panthers, <clears throat> and Saints, and we're gonna um, do autopsies, man. See how their twenty twenty life ended, and uh, what's what to look forward to in this off season for each team. Nice. So, uh, is there any news we want to cover before we jump into it, or you want to just hop? Uh, in? No, I think there's a little bit of news out there, which I oh, find okay. kind of interesting. Uh, first of all, I don't even think I would have found this. This is not a big news story necessarily, but, um, I was out playing my beer hockey, uh, game, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of nights ago. And one of the guys that I play with, he's a guy that I also used to play football with, uh, at, at Asbudem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, a he is a loyal sort of, uh, yeah, he listens to the podcast. He listens to all the episodes. So I was going to yeah, yeah. Oh wow, he loves it. Uh, nice. And he t- he he talks a lot about uh, the DeAndre Baker updates and how much fun that was. <laughs> uh, and that that was like kind of one of his favorite parts. And he was like, "Oh, are you guys gonna stop doing the thing now that the season's over?" And I was like, "No." He was super pumped that we were still doing it. So oh, it caused me to come home. Well, I didn't. Know, I got. Like I said, it was beer hockey, so I, you know, I, you were fucked I, up. I came home and took a shower and passed the fuck out. So <laughs> the next morning, I woke up and uh, <clears throat> and I googled the DeAndre Baker scenario, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he just signed a contract to play with the Chiefs next year. Like they really, even after yeah. tearing his leg up. Yep. <clears throat> um. Yeah, they're gonna keep him. Uh, defensive oh, coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. Spagnuolo. Yeah, he was a beast at. Um, wasn't he good at with the Giants? Oh yeah, right. You're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, it, very funny quotes. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, there's nothing, uh, no indications from the relationship I had right now with him to indicate there's something bad there." Uh, <laughs> but. But who knows? <laughs> Yo, speaking of relationships that are uh, the people should know bad things, Urban uh, Meyer. Oh my God! Tell fucking me. Fucking hired uh, uh, as a member of his offensive staff, uh, former coach from Iowa. Yeah. That had uh, was in a scandal uh, and got fired last year or in 2019, I believe it was. For uh, racist actions, a bunch of players came forward like this dude was racist mm. um, and did a bunch of shit. So uh, he got fired. And then Urban Meyer's like, I got you, bro. And said, I've known this guy for 20 years and brought him on staff. Uh, and he said they worked together in the past, which happened to not be true as well. So Urban Meyer off to a great start. Right. He So he basically lied about uh, – he he – he made it sound like they had worked together mm-hmm. uh, when Urban Meyer was the coach at um, at Utah. Utah. Right. Yeah, 
Um, but apparently Doyle, he spent one year at Utah in 1998. It says here Meyer didn't arrive in Utah until 2003, five years later. <laughs> um, so look, this is kind of, you know, it's funny. We were talking about this on the phone the other day. And to me, I mean, you know what this is, especially <laughs> coming from down south. This is that good old boy culture. Hell you know, yeah. Where where white guys like this kind of look out for one another, uh, <clears throat> you know, you get them into a room and 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 this guy's probably like, well, what about all that shit that I did at Utah? He's like, oh, don't worry, I got you, bro. I, I'll I'll speak for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll make it all go people, away. People trust me. Yeah, but I mean, I will say this. Um, I don't know. God, you know, maybe in a different year this would have worked. Yeah, but not right after the. Big movement last summer yeah. with Black Lives Matter and, and the maybe NFL it, mobilizing. It's like maybe, stupid. Maybe at any other time in NFL history, this would have worked just fine. Um, but this was not the year to try this. Um, yeah. Especially as a first-year coach. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I think it could yeah. go – I think Belichick maybe could handle it if he wanted to bring him on. But then again, I think Belichick is too savvy to bring the guy on. <laughs> so – you know what I mean? Like a co- a respected coach at an organization for a long time could just mm. be like, I want this guy and I'll make sure that none of this racist shit happens or something like that. But you just mm. started, bro. He, I mean, there's a, I, there, I, I'm curious, this is non-football related, uh, a little pop music related. Mm. I noticed this week that there was a lot of, um, well, there's been a lot of momentum building against, or people criticizing uh, Justin Timberlake for his, Oh yeah, but I thought his don't apology. Don't get me started was, on that shit. I know. It, in all honesty, I really don't care uh, yeah. what happens to him or the rest of them. But what I am interested in is the idea of like, have we crossed? Like, what at what point do we cross over where like a public like what kind of a public apology is is um, you know, sort of acceptable? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I read his statement. What was it? What was the statement? Or how? What did you think about it? I actually found his statement to be kind of right on point. Yeah, they're good now, man. People are good with the statements. The girl from The Bachelor had a, a statement, had gone to some uh, racially themed parties or whatever. Uh-huh. And, and we, I think she's going to win The Bachelor. I'm actually watching The Bachelor this year. And nice. of course, it's the first Bachelor with a black guy <clears throat> on it. Uh-huh. And uh, they have a girl who has a, a scandal of uh, being involved in some racist shit. She's from Georgia, your state. Of course. But, uh, <laughs> but she put out what I thought at the time uh, was the best worded apology I've ever heard. Yeah. It was like full accountability, uh, no excuses for myself and my mistakes and blah, blah, blah. People right. love her and I'm going to take time. It took her six weeks to put it out. But right. <laughs> you could tell what took so long. Uh, so these apologies are getting good, man. I, as far as Justin Timberlake, I thought that happened in 2000, what? One, two? Yeah, well, I think he, he was sort of apologizing, sort of, um, you know, kind of for, it, it, for his whatever role he played in the demise of Britney Spears. And, oh, okay, okay. And also with the Janet Jackson thing. Um, I, thought, I mean, I after all, the wardrobe, the wardrobe a... malfunction was his fault, right? No, I don't think that was – I think it was planned and then the wardrobe malfunction was the whole after construction type of thing because she had a pasty on. Right. The lyrics go, I'll have you naked by the end of this song. Right. And he pulls the, the uh, bra thing off and then there's a pasty over her nipple. Well, I didn't hear the oh, not lyric pasty, part. But, yeah, so he says, I'm going to have you naked by the end of, of this song. And she had like a or a either the piercing or something, but you couldn't see her nipple because of the the big thing over it. So it was like, I, as I saw it, I was like, oh, they did. That's pretty cool, man. I was shocked that they did it at you know seven o'clock at night, right? <laughs> but I was I was even surprised then at all of the shock and awe and all of the people. My child saw a breast. Yeah, the I mean the only reason I bring it up actually is to sort of bring it back to this Chris Doyle thing, uh, which was. You know, to me, this is sort of whatever. I don't know. Maybe it gets kind of a little overused, but it's sort of like one of those examples of like the height of white privilege. Like these Mm. two guys didn't even think 
this was going to be a problem. Like they were completely yeah, unprepared point. for this to be a problem. Good point. Um, which I think is kind of fascinating um, because it seems like, like guys, come on. Like if you really, if you really want to get ahead of something like this, like it's not that hard to create a, a genuine apology, even if even if it's not genuine, you could at least pretend as such. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I wonder anyway. if uh, Khan over there regrets hiring him, Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to work out. Um, I never did, but now it's even less likely because the players are probably going to have a little chip on the shoulder because, as you said, it highlights white privilege. And yeah. even <laughs> thinking to hire him, it's like, what the fuck is this guy doing, man? Well, we'll and see. They talk about I mean, players winning, bringing distractions to the team. Why would the coach it, do it? won't matter, but... Um, yeah. Well, we'll get to them, man, when we do the AFC South to see what their situation is. They have the uh, – I just remember them having the the most salary cap to play with. So, mm. free agency, they might make some splashes. What's the latest on the uh, Houston Texans dumpster fire? What's going on there? <laughs> they still have Deshaun Watson. Uh, that's kind of died down a bit in the last couple of days, the Deshaun Watson talks and speculation. But yeah. uh, the president stepped down. Oh, uh, right. Uh, uh, I guess after the GM hire, I don't know. And after JJ Watt left or wants to leave, he's asking for to get out of there. Yeah, so, I heard, read somewhere this morning that he's like um, that the Browns are making a big push to try to get him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at that. Wow, Miles Garrett on one side and JJ Watt on the other. That'd be a good. That'd be scary. Yeah, man, the Bucks got everybody looking at this uh, at the D line, man, and mm. uh, you would think people would be thinking of that since the Giants took down that crazy Patriots offense <clears> that <throat> year with just the front four. So, I mean, well, I, guess I mean, that, when you that load it up, you can do it. That shouldn't surprise anyone. I remember the greatest D line of my generation was the Steel Curtain. Mm. Um, those That's before my time. Man. I mean, that shit was like. I didn't even like the Steelers, but it was like after a while you couldn't help but kind of respect them. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of fun. Like, you know, back in those days, it was like, you know, the the Steelers were branded as the bad boys and the Cowboys were branded as the good guys. It was sort of yeah. like, you know, the Lone Ranger versus, I don't know, whoever, some something black. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was fun. That was a fun uh, rivalry. Uh, but the Steel Curtain was no joke. Those guys were, and that was back when you could kill motherfuckers. Like when you could like yeah. fucking clothesline them and rip their heads off and and step on them after you sacked them. And <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. Uh, um, they had the the. You spoke of, about the uh, Al Davis football life, mm. and uh, there was some documentary on about him. It might have been a football life. If not, it's something else. But. Uh, Oh, there's a new one. There's an ESPN 30 for 30 out. Oh, that's what uh, was on there. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'd love to see it, but it's called. I think it's called Al Davis versus the NFL. Yeah, that wasn't. I didn't see the whole thing, but um, I saw him talking about how we wanted nasty players, and then they yeah. showed some hits that the players made. Yeah, and it was like that. You won't see that shit now. <laughs> there's that one hit with a with a cornerback. Uh, he he clotheslines Lynn Swan. When the mm. ball's like the ball's being thrown to the other side, everyone's looking at the other side of the field, and this guy just like cracks him in the head, Damn. knocks him out, and and then Lynn Swan's carried out on a stretcher. Seeing all those tackles where it's like they're like trying to hurt the quarterback, they like yeah. grab him, hug yeah. him, and then three hundred yeah. pound man just lands on top. <laughs> yeah, crazy man. Yeah. Whew. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad the NFL got away from that. Yeah. But it's still, uh, I mean, that part, the dumping on the quarterback, trying to hurt him, but I still like a big hit though. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I, I, I love like a big seeing hit those... in the range where they do it now, like the torso and you could just let loose. I like that. And lead with your shoulder lead, which, you know, I like that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so still uh... fun, still fun for now. What else happened? Uh, we got we got Adam Pacman Jones arrested again. Is he still in the league? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but he got arrested. What did he get arrested for? Apparently, he beat a bouncer at a at a club. Beat him 
unconscious. Damn. Uh, Pac-Man? He's not even that big. Pac-Man's no joke. He's been arrested a couple of times. Yeah, but I didn't think he could knock a bouncer out. Jeez. Uh, he probably caught him off guard, or he not. I, they have a video here of him knocking out some dude at the airport too. But that that was like just such an ugly fight. Uh, but yeah, that guy <laughs> can, continues to be a bit of a troublemaker. Man, uh, never got the five year old. The five year old who uh, Andy Reid's kid Britt Reid uh, put into a coma has finally woke up. Oh, good. Um, Does he know that there's a pandemic going on? <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't think so i mean honestly i, I hope this kid is okay I of don't, course i mean yeah, she's woke there. up she woke up but i oh, don't it's a know girl. huh I, I didn't know it was a girl i thought it was a, a boy yeah i think she's only five damn i mean this guy how could Britt reed is gonna have to just like not coach football anymore nah, man. and that's like i mean you're to me like I mean, I'm against the whole cancel culture thing, but but this to me, this is like okay, you need to. This dude needs some help. Yeah. I mean, if you're drunk and you crash into two parked cars on the side of the highway, you know, I, what more of a wake up call do you need by sending a fucking five year old into a coma for two yeah. weeks? Dude, he needs time to, to find some, uh, rehab you immediately. Some, you got to get some help, bro, because that's if that's not hitting bottom, I don't know what is. Yeah. Uh. And then I guess the last story, this is a sad story, actually. Vincent Jackson. Uh, yeah, Vincent Jackson, 38 years old, found oh, dead man. in a fucking Tampa hotel. Uh, apparently the story was that it, he he had been living in the hotel for a while and his family filled out a missing persons report. And then they found, you know, the police found him there, uh, had a conversation with him and then, you know. I guess he said, look, I'm here and I want to be here. And so they left him um, oh. and canceled the missing persons report. And then a few days later, he winds up dead. Um, There's got to be drugs, right? It's, it is, I, I mean, I, I don't Once know. Once they say I'm, the family wants privacy, d- that's to when, me, uh, Yeah, to me, drugs. this has like kind of, I mean, either inadvertent overdose or right. it's got su- suicide written all over it. Um mm. I mean, having sort of had some personal experience with this kind of stuff before, it sounded very familiar. Wow, uh, Sorry to hear that. To a suicidal situation. Um, super sad. Yeah, least. man. Um, so we'll see how that story develops. I, I don't don't imagine we'll hear too much more specifically about it because they're usually pretty good at keeping that stuff quiet. Yeah, which is for the best. Sure. It's just uh, he was a good player too. I remember him, man. He played for the Bucks and the uh, Chargers, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he started out with the tra- with the Chargers. Uh, yeah. What does it say here? He was a second round pick in two thousand five. Spent seven seasons with San Diego. Made two bro pro- made two Pro Bowls. Uh, and then yeah. five years of Tampa, right? Because he got a bunch of. I read that he yeah. got some Walter Payton Man of the Year like uh, nominations exactly. from Tampa a bunch of times. I think he was like, yeah, I think every year he was their man of the year guy. Yeah, he did a lot for the community. Yeah. Uh, that's really sad. Yeah, it sucks. You know, it um, <clears throat> it kind of highlights, I mean, there obviously there are endless amounts of stories of players who have a difficult time transitioning once they retire. Yeah. Um, I think it's difficult. You spend... You spend, you know, the majority of your life being defined by this pursuit to become a professional athlete. Uh, and then when it's over, it's kind of, for some of these guys, it's kind of hard to figure out, like, who am I now? What am I supposed to do? Like, everything that defined me is now no longer there. So, you know, yeah. some guys, you know, transition into uh, different things. But this, you know, some of them just struggle to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, you see the Michael Strahan stories, but you also see the Pac-Man Jones and Vincent Jackson stories. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a problem in in uh, in in most sports, I would say. Yeah, uh, it's a big problem in hockey. I know that. Uh, Have you seen uh, Broke? Have you seen a documentary? Or yeah, the documentary no. Broke. Uh-uh. That's a good documentary about athletes that uh, you think they got all this money and then they end up broke. Hmm. That's good. It's by the guy who made the U documentary, Billy Corman. Mm. 
Interesting. And Cocaine Cowboys. It makes good stuff. And oh Fight Dog. Oh, my God. Cocaine Cowboys is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah, that dude ever. makes good stuff, man. Yeah. I Well, now I have to see it because that shit was unreal. You should just check out Dog Fight. That's another documentary of his. It's about the... Uh, it's about the underground bare knuckle boxing scene in Miami. Love it. <laughs> Just like a beautiful part of Miami. <clears throat> oh, it's the hood, but it's a it's a pretty t- town, uh-huh. Perrine, Florida, and they uh, uh-huh. these dudes are fighting in backyards and shit. Wow, yeah. wow! Yeah, I gotta check that out. Cocaine Cowboys is a favorite of mine. So yeah, man. Yeah, Billy Corbin. Yeah, he almost can't miss, man. All right, uh, so you ready to get into this uh, autopsy? I've done my research. I'm ready. Yeah, I was impressed. I saw your notes. Yeah, man. Uh, Let's get right to it, man. The uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this first team, the Bucs, that we're going to do in the NFC South. They're finished. I say it's the best life you can have. If we're looking at the autopsy, they, they, you know, they – Died a happy death with the whole family around in old age and went on, passed on to beautiful, heavenly <laughs> uh, post-life. <laughs> They're Super Bowl champions, as everyone knows. Uh, the division rank, they finished second in the division. So that means uh, next season they're going to play the other number two teams in the NFC that they, uh, in the divisions they don't play against. Oh, right, because there's an extra game next year. Oh, the extra game, they're going to play the AFC South second team, whoever that is. Uh, AFC South, who won that? The Titans. So that means they play the Colts. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, defensive rank, they're sixth in the NFL. Offensive mm-hmm. rank, they were seventh with 30.8 points per game. So they were pretty good in both, man. Uh, 22.2 points per game uh, defensively. They held mm. teams to. They're notable free agents. Ndamukong Sue, defensive mm. tackle. Got to keep uh, him. Steve McLendon, defensive tackle. Shaq Barrett, edge. Russia. Need him uh, too. Levante David, linebacker. Mm. Antonio Brown, wide receiver. Chris Godwin, wide receiver. And Leonard Fournette. They're all players that they got to figure out. Uh, mm. Their draft position, they're number 32, which is what every team wants every year because they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, and I, I got to note here, they have used free agency to supplement the draft well and likely will continue to do so. <clears throat> uh, Tampa has six picks in this draft. And their offseason need is going to be edge rusher, defensive tackle, of course, left tackle, and wide receiver. Hmm. The salary cap situation, $14.8 million in salary cap space after signing, uh, once they sign the top 51 players. So uh, that's, hmm. what, that's what's going to count. So, four, so about $15 million to play with, which isn't Damn. too much, but it's a good amount. They but at least they're not, the players they need. At least they're, they're not, not negative. Yeah, exactly. They have uh, $825,000 in dead money. Dead money is something you want to uh, prevent. Mm. Uh, the, the quick breakdown is basically prorated money that you give somebody like a signing bonus. Right. And then you cut that player because they get, like if, I, if you get a signing bonus of $10 million and then I give you, uh, I give you all $10 million, you get that right away, then you play and then I cut you after uh, two years, but you still got three years left on your contract, the rest of the sign-up bonus that was broken up, the uh-huh. team pays it over, that's dead money. Right. I hope that I explained that well. Yeah, I got it. Okay. so I just uh, want to know where's my fucking money. <laughs> well, dead money, you still got to pay it to the, as in, in the, towards the salary cap. But once Where's you cut, my money, so, Jonathan? Shit. So, make, so if a team makes a bad decision and signs somebody that turns out not to work out for that team, then they're probably going to have their money once they make that cut. That's why teams make the cut late, like right, right after that date, so that that money can count later. I think DeAndre DeAndre Baker, for example. <laughs> well, that could be a violation. It depends on the contract. That's true. So that could yeah. work out. But he was uh, exonerated. Yeah. <laughs> my final thoughts. My summary <laughs> of the Bucks is the Bucks are in a really good position to become the NFL's next dynasty. I'm serious about that. Really? The team was built as a win-now team, but there's some youth and some cap space to play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, free agency will again be a key for them, so they can try to use that money that they have. They have more than I thought they were going to have. Adding some pieces in the secondary may allow them to let a D-lineman walk 
one of the ones, you know. Short-term contracts were smart, and now they may be able to reload for another run. I think they're going to go after it while they have Tom Brady while taking a flyer on his replacement somewhere in the middle of the draft. That's hmm. what I think they're going to do. But if they nail it and, and draft or, or, or somehow acquire a young quarterback to replace Tom Brady and keep the, the nucleus of this team with the same philosophy, I think they can uh, they can turn into a dynasty, man. Well, as a Falcons fan, I hope you're dead wrong about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I'm, st- I'm thinking that Here's what I'm th- I'm thinking that, you know, they bring back Antonio Brown, right? Who was on his best behavior. Yeah. Uh, uh, right? But uh, now they bring back now that he's comfortable. He's starting yeah. to and I'm trying he's starting to find his favorite spots in the Tampa nightlife. Then he's gonna start getting in trouble and this this whole thing's gonna start to unravel. I'm mm. hoping for a Super Bowl hangover uh for this team, and I hope they finish dead last in the NFC South. Damn. That's so. That's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't predict they were going to be a dynasty. I said all they... that dumbass research you did. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of the Falcons, Falcons, what's uh, their death? What, what kind of on their autopsy? They missed the playoffs. They only won four games. So what's that like? Uh, they died in a drive-by shooting. Young. Actually, I think <laughs> the season they... was over early. So I would say. I think they were I think they died in a drive by shooting while getting stabbed in the chest and, ha- <laughs> and having a watermelon shoved up their ass. And their last words were I thought this was a knife fight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they finished fourth in the division with a four and twelve record. Uh their offensive rank was eighteenth with twenty four point eight points per game. Defensive rank twenty ninth, twenty five point nine points per game. Notable free agents. Check this out. Alex Mack, a center. Todd Gurley, running back. Charles Harris, edge defender, who has a crazy, uh, he's like, like 10 million owed to him in bonuses. Keanu mm-hmm. Neal, uh, and sign a bonus, I mean. Keanu Neal, uh, safety. Brian Hill, running back. Bill D. Ray Wilson, cornerback. Luke Stocker, tight end. Darquez Denard, cornerback. Steven Means, edge. Young Hoku, kicker. They're all the free agents they got. It's uh, it's pronounced Young Way Koo. My bad, Young. It's not Young Ho. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, in 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 Atlanta, I'm sure the way they talk in Atlanta, somebody say that Young Ho. Young Ho Koo. Young Ho Koo. He's a good kicker. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Young Way Koo. My bad. I was just <laughs> draft position. They're number four in the draft. This year, yeah, that's finally some good news. The last top five pick was Matt Ryan at number three in 2008. Mm. Man, he's got great stats. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta has a total of six picks this year. Their offseason needs this is the kicker, man center, defensive line, safety, backup quarterback, kicker, cornerback, and edge defender. Salary mm. cap situation this is a problem. Thirty-seven point six million over the cap, mm-hmm. so they have to let some of these players go. Man, I named all a bunch that are free agents. There's no way they could sign them all because they're uh, they're uh, over the cap mm. with these contracts. So they got to make some moves, and they have seven point eight million in dead money as well. Mm. So some stuff didn't work out. Yeah, uh, Atlanta is in a bad. This is my summary about Atlanta. Atlanta is in a bad salary cap situation. Nailing the draft is going to be very important for them to turn things around. There's a new coach in town, and that makes it harder to know what's in store for this team. Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, and there's a little fun fact about him too. We'll have uh, to get on the same page to rebuild this team. I would say the move is to blow it up like Buffalo and Miami did, and get some assets for your aging stars, a la Ryan uh, and Jones to make the rebuild as painless as possible. Atlanta could be good in just a few years if they have the right coach. So mm. maybe see what Indianapolis wants for Matty Stats. Mm. Uh, Green Bay or Tampa may want to do some dealing for Julio. Maybe Vegas or the Giants think they're just a receiver away and can give up some good stuff. But I would say get rid of the pieces and kind of like try to start it over, just break it all down and fix that salary cap situation. That's I can see Matty Stats playing for the Colts. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, that might be the good move, man. Colts uh, take them because they're just uh, 
Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, 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 yeah, sadly, I agree. Um, this feels like a real um, shitstorm waiting to happen for the Falcons. Um, they, I think they kind of, yeah, they bought the farm when, uh, when they had that really good, you know, Super Bowl season, uh-huh. uh, and just paid a bunch of people too much goddamn money, um, and guaranteed money too. I mean, the, 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 um, Matty Stats situation is quite similar, you know, to the Carson Wentz situation in, in, uh, Philadelphia. It's like, you know, getting rid of him is still going to cost us, you know, then there's another pile of dead money yeah. for the Falcons to get rid of him. So it's almost like they're stuck with him. I mean, they could let Todd Gurley go. Um, but, you know, I don't even think Todd Gurley's making that much money. Didn't they sign him to a pretty cheap one-year contract? So I, I don't think mm. letting him go even really solves much much of the problem, to be honest with you. Uh, Julio's obviously worth a lot. I mean, I would hate to see him go. Um but he's also one of those guys that I would love to see chase a ring. Yeah, uh, I feel like he deserves it, given how many years the Falcons uh, wasted his his football career. It would not make me sad to see Julio Jones win a Super Bowl with another team. If um, I would have, man, you'd pick your best, what, two, three players mm-hmm. and just put the rest on the market, man. Mm. Anybody older... Anybody over 25, you know what I mean? Anybody over 27, get them off the team. Fire sale. Yeah, fire sale. Get everybody off the team and just start over and see if you got the right coach. If that coach can scrape up another, you know, if they, if they could do equal or better to this year with four mm. wins with all that talent, then you probably got the right coach. I wonder I wonder if they're just going to keep – What? How do, you know what's something I don't understand? I'm going to ask – Maybe you don't. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. But teams, despite the fact having, you know, being in the negative on the salary cap situation, always seem to be able to move money around to be in compliance with that salary cap. Yeah, but I mean, they're in the negative now, but you just don't re-sign everyone. You just they figure it out because you have to. Mm. It's not like the NBA where you can pay a a luxury tax. Because I don't think. I, I honestly don't think they brought in this new coach, or I don't think he came into Atlanta thinking, okay, well, we got to get rid of uh, Matty Stats and Julio Jones. I mean, I, he's going to want to play a season with all these players to prove that he can take the talent that's there and make them better. Yeah, but he's going to have to lose some of that talent because the talent yeah. is uh, $37 million over the cap right now. My fear is that they will make the mistake of basically just gutting the defense, you know, because they're not the big, you know, they're not the big names. They're not the marquee players. Uh, if he tries to gut the defense, which is what? What'd you say? Where are we? 29th? Twenty ninth. Yeah, twenty ninth. Uh, yeah. The thing is, if he does that, he's not the right coach. <laughs> that would be such an Atlanta thing to do, though, because it's like, you know, let's keep the stars, the ones that people buy tickets to see, and then fuck the rest of the team. It's up to it's it's gonna be um, you got to see how Terry's Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith work together. Mm. <clears throat> Terry Fontenot, the fun fact I had was uh, he's a black GM that you guys mm. had hired mm-hmm. from uh, the New Orleans staff. Mm. Because of that hire, New Orleans got a third round draft pick. <laughs> nice job, Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that because New Orleans needed that. And they also got something from Bridgewater uh, being uh, – they had some type of thing that they got a, a compens- compensatory pick from uh-huh. uh, Nor- from uh, Carolina. Carolina. So they would only had three draft picks. <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we get to New Orleans. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, should we move on or you got more to say about your beloved Falcons? I don't know, man. I just really worried that they're not going to – I'm worried they're going to fuck this up. I, I really am. I am. I'm glad that they're going into the season with new leadership uh, because I feel like they've – you know, the guys who were running the show prior to um, – uh, what's his name? Dimitrov and, um, hmm. and the other dude. I can't even think of his name now. Dan Quinn. Exactly, Dan Quinn. It felt like they were just – 
the Falcons for years, especially after having gone to the Super Bowl in 2016, kept thinking, well, we still have all the same guys, so we still should be good, right? Let's just keep doing the same thing and it'll turn itself around. Like this talent will, you know, you know, the cream rises to the top, but it, but it just didn't. So something's obviously wrong. I, it, the thing I'm most optimistic about is that they brought in a new coach and a new GM and this year will be very telling. I, I think they're going to do their best to keep what they have. Obviously, they're going to have to get rid of some shit. But if this year doesn't produce a better record, then I think you're going to see that fire sale that you're predicting. I think uh-huh. that's going to happen at the end of this next season if it's not a better a better record, I think. Oh, man. Well, uh, you guys play uh, the, AFC, the AFC South fourth-ranked team. So that's Jacksonville. Oh, well, that's that's a win. It should be a win. But it'll be it interesting be. to see how these teams match up against each other. Mm. Uh. That'll be almost kind of like a Georgia-Florida Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we always play in Jacksonville. The Georgia-Florida game, the college game, is always in that in that stadium in Jacksonville. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Let's oh go. yeah, one more thing is uh, if that GM yeah gets rid of a lot of these players, one thing they they might get or that they should get mm. is uh, draft picks. If they mm. start collecting assets of draft picks and and uh, and money, you know, mm. money by rel- relieving the salary cap, mm-hmm. then the team can be rebuilt within three years. I like that. You know what? You should uh, maybe you should be the GM of the Falcons. <laughs> I think Terry knows more than me. <laughs> Terry Fontenot. Oh wait, but you were jockeying to become like to run the NFL. I want to run the right. NFL. Yeah, yeah. I'm, right. I'm, I'm I'm looking above Terry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be Terry's boss. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Panthers. Uh, yeah, they finished. Their finish was they missed the playoffs with a five and eleven record. So that wasn't quite dying in a drive-by shooting. But uh, they just got cancer at a young age and, and, and passed on. Right. <laughs> so that's their their autopsy. Uh, their offensive rank. Oh, they have five eleven record. They finished third in the division, which means uh, the AFC South team they'll play along with the NFC teams that finish in third is going to be the Texans. Mm. Okay. Uh, their defense. Their offensive rank is twenty first. <laughs> With twenty one point nine points per game, defensive rank eighteenth with twenty five point one points per game. Mm-hmm. Notable free agents: Russell Okung, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. Uh, left tackle: John Miller, right guard; Mike Davis, running back, who we were mm. both impressed he was, with. He was good this year. Curtis Samuel, wide receiver; Chris Reed, right guard; Chris Manhurts, tight end; Taylor Moten, right tackle; Rasul Douglas, cornerback; Efi mm-hmm. uh, Obama. Is it Obama? Maybe oh, snap. Got, no, it ain't Obama. It must have been Obama. He's auto, like a distant cousin of <laughs> President Barack Obama. <laughs> it must have autocorrected. I don't know the actual last name. Uh, Tahir Whitehead, linebacker. Um, they're, uh, they're drafted at number eight in the draft. The last time they drafted number eight, they got Christian McCaffrey. Uh-huh. They have six total picks. Another team with six picks this draft. <laughs> Their offseason needs are safety, tight end, linebacker, left tackle, cornerback, and quarterback. Hmm. Uh, the salary cap situation, $12.1 million, uh, And they have $9.1 million, $9. million in dead money. I put here, Carolina is in a weird no-man's land. They have what is considered to be a star of offensive quarter, court, uh, coordinator and Joe Brady. They talk about hmm. him like he's going to be a, a star. Uh, Matt Rule is far from the hot seat for now, but he needs to get an identity for the team. Salary situation isn't the best, but they would need to make some savvy moves in free agency and hit on some draft picks in order to be contenders in the near future. Big question mark is at quarterback. I like Bridgewater personally, but it doesn't look like he's exactly anyone's franchise quarterback. Mm. Will they take a swing at a quarterback at the eighth <laughs> spot or trade back for assets, grab the best quarterback further down the board? Or will they try and get a spark out of free agency to push the team forward? It seems like they're one of the teams that could uh, the, the quarterback move is going to be a big deal for them. Mm. Yeah, I, it, as much as I like Bridgewater, uh, he does not seem to be the guy. No. Nah. Um, they, I think they're one of those teams, 
out there that could really benefit from from bringing in one of these quarterbacks in the draft who mm-hmm. who sort of ho- will hopefully for them exceed expectations. Um, but if they can't protect him, then it won't matter. It'll be the same thing as Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, the the I was just looking at their, uh, at, you know, just their recent history. I mean, the Panthers since finishing first in 2015 have been finishing either last or second to last in the NFC South yeah. uh, every year, despite having, you know the great white hope of Christian McCaffrey that gets shoved <laughs> up our hoop every fucking year. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and he's a great running back. Don't get me wrong. But again, yeah, uh, what, what team is winning because they got a great running back? Yeah. Not, well, the Giants had not, one and they weren't doing anything with it either. With yeah. Saquon it, Barkley. It's, te- it's team game. Say that every, every week, you know, until like, Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, then he did it all on, on his own. <laughs> yeah. He did it all by himself <laughs> and he has more Super Bowls than any franchise because, yeah. because apparently he won all those Super Bowls on without a franchise or something. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Tom, fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> Got to sneak that uh, in every episode. What, uh, oh, and, and by the way, like, oh, what's your, I, just since we're in the NFC South, I mean, obviously like fine, I don't give a shit that Tom Brady got shit faced in his own Super Bowl parade, mm. but What's your take on those antics of throwing the Super Bowl from oh, one trophy? boat to an? Yeah, throwing the trophy. Uh, it's it's kind of disrespectful, I would think. I mean, when you got six, you can disrespect the seventh, I guess. <laughs> the the only reason we're not having a bigger conversation about that is because the dude caught it. But can you yeah. imagine if he didn't? Look at that uh, college game. Exactly. When they, they drop, when you they imagine if that trophy? thing sank to the bottom yeah. oh. of Tampa Bay. Oh. That's stupid. It's stupid. Irresponsible. And slightly anyway. disrespectful to uh, – unless my team did it. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to throw in there, too, about the Panthers is that a lot of those free agents that I named are on the offensive line. Uh-huh. So that means, at the very least, either they sign them all back or they're going to have to try to find some chemistry with a new offensive That's That's tough, man. It's going to be tough plowing forward for them. I like your take on it, though, that no man's land situation where yeah. it's like where, you know, when you're in that kind of organization, you're basically kidding yourself that you're just a few pieces away yeah. from the division. Um, but what you really are is just sort of setting yourself up for another year of mediocrity. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's like almost my entire life of rooting for the Atlanta Falcons. That's been their their yeah. situation. You know, we're we're just one or two players away from being good, and it's like, you know, you you've had like literally a handful of winning seasons, and you're, you know, since 1966. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, it's like it, it feels like blowing it up, but they're not even in the position to blow it up either, man. It's mm. it's a it's a weird thing. What's their salary cap situation? Do they have a lot they of money? They have 12 million. They're like mm. around the middle of the league. 12 million mm-hmm. and then 9 million in dead money, which means they've made some bad decisions. But I, you can't put that on uh, on Joe Judge. Should they bring Cam Newton back? That's I mean, Matt Rule, not Joe Judge. Should they bring gonna... Cam? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. All right, on to the, the most interesting team, I thought, was the New Orleans Saints in the yeah. NFC South. Uh, their finish was they lost in the divisional round of the playoffs, uh, which I would say is equivalent to like a sudden car crash death mm. you know a, a yeah. middle a middle-aged person gets into a car crash and dies and it's like whoa what happened unexpected you know? fell unexpected. asleep at the wheel kind yeah. of crossed over to the wrong side yeah. getting a blowjob from a sex worker you know right <laughs> a la teddy pendergrass no but uh <laughs> <laughs> division ranked they were first in the division with a 12 and yeah. 4 record <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Their offensive rank was 12th in the NFL with 30.1 points per game. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive rank was fourth in the NFL, holding teams to 21.1 points per game. Mm. So uh, that was a formidable team. Notable yeah. free agents. Trey Hendrickson, edge defender, who had 13 and a half sacks last year. Alex Anzalone, I guess I'm saying that right, linebacker. James Hurst, right tackle. Marcus Williams, safety. P.J. Williams, cornerback, Nick Easton, left guard, Sheldon Rankins, defensive lineman, and Jarrett Cook, tight end. Mm. 
Uh, they're 28th in the draft. This mm-hmm. year. They mm-hmm. have five total picks after getting two compensatory picks for Bridgewater signing with the Panthers and the Falcons picking up Terry Fontenot as the GM with the new diversity incentive. <laughs> that really helped their draft because it only would have had three picks if two teams from their division didn't hook them up. Well, I think it proves that their quarterback is not a racist. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you just look into his look into his eyes, anybody <laughs> can see that. <laughs> the uh, the offseason needs quarterback. Like it or not, they need a quarterback, man. Uh, is it, he has not announced his retirement. He hasn't announced his retirement. If they start the season with Drew Brees, they're in big trouble. I think. But I think every indication points to him. He's going to retire, probably. I th- He's it just might waiting be, uh, so he can have his little moment. Didn't he? Didn't they restructure his contract? Where he? I, I forget what they. I read mm. something. About oh, them. they might do it to the final date or whatever, and then exactly where he's like taking less money so that they don't get completely screwed. But mm. they have a real salary. You'll get to that in a minute. But their salary <laughs> situation is bad. Yeah, uh, they they need a quarterback, a cornerback, and a wide receiver. So it's not that many offseason needs for this mm. team, uh, which might explain the salary cap situation. Mm. Which they, is <laughs> they <laughs> there's sixty nine million dollars over Yikes. the salary cap limit with fifty seven players on the roster. So uh, you're supposed to. The, the salary cap normally counts for the first 51 players on the roster in the offseason. Uh, and then the, so they got 57 players on the roster that are eating up all of this money. Uh, so that really hurts because, I mean, it, it explains why they only have three needs because they got too many players mm. on the team right now. Uh, they have $1.2 million in dead money, which is good. That means that they, well, they, are, they haven't uh, made early cuts and 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 bailed right. on players but 1.2 mm. million in dead money uh, uh that's that's a good look for them uh my notes here new orleans has the worst salary cap situation in the nfl of course the team looks primed for a super bowl run on paper but they have to make a lot of cuts to get under the cap number mm. this will water down the talent on the team unless players do some restructuring which is lo- unlikely to happen with teams like Jacksonville looking to spend some money. What the 60 mil over number really means is 2020 was the year New Orleans should have won it all. Like they right. went all in for that. Coming yeah. up short really set them back, and now it may hurt the fan base for a bit. The good news is they have a really good coach and a stable front office. They're likely to get creative and put a respectable squad on the field next season. The two compensatory picks is so clutch. Atlanta came mm. through for the Saints big time with the Fontenot hire, and there's immense pressure on New Orleans to nail the draft picks because there's only five and some preseason cuts that they can get productivity at, out of for cheap. So I'm thinking they need to be uh, scouring the waiver wire and right after the preseason grab some gems that couldn't make it onto a team and turn mm. those guys into uh, productive players for <clears> them <throat> just so that they can be cheap, man, because it's going to – the draft, only having five picks is hurts a little bit. Mm. Uh, Sean Payton is going to have a lot to prove, and that's probably just how he likes it. It's going to be well. He's he is a football genius, right? Yeah, yeah it's going. I think he's going to love the challenge. It's a big challenge for him. But I think I, he is kind of a genius, actually. Yeah, uh, to I, give I him so credit, <laughs> I think so too. I don't think yeah. it, it's a. Uh, I think it's going to make us appreciate him more if he can make this a winning team. But I don't. I don't see how they can have uh, – they, they definitely won't win as many games as they did this year because they were a really good team despite adversity throughout the year. But mm. uh, I don't see it. They can't have that talent that they had mm. without restructuring. And players are not about to be restructuring when the salary cap is about to shrink. Well, so. I, I for one hope they return to the like 2-15 and 15 version <laughs> of the Saints that I grew up with. In the yeah. 80s. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm i only assuming that Drew Brees is obviously going to retire and they're going to have to either just go with Jameis Winston. Um, this team is nothing without Alvin Kamara, so they can't get rid of him. Um, and then, you know, with the rest of these guys, if, if you're right, if they have to sort of blow this thing up and, um, and find 
cheaper, younger talent. I, I don't see how this team finishes at the top of the NFC South next year. I don't, yeah. Don't be surprised don't if they do like a blockbuster trade or something and, and grab some draft picks. But I don't know if they're uh, – But with who? I mean, I mean the only Thomas? thing they could – Yeah, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Uh, who's that fucking, I love that guy. I can't think of his name now. That hot shot, uh, linebacker they have. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Ah, I can't think of him. Anyway, I mean, it, they've got like maybe three marquee names on that team. I'm leaving Drew Brees out cause I'm assuming he's retiring. That's going to clear up some stuff too. Once he retires, <laughs> that can help him, them get some, a lot of salary cap space too. But 69 I, million over is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they went all in to try to win this thing before Drew Brees retired. Uh, it didn't work. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think they're in some real, they they got a real problem here. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, we'll see. We'll see what Sean Payton's made of. If he can do it with, uh, cause he's probably, he's, he's not going to have the stable quarterback situation that he's dealt with his whole time there. Mm. And it may have Jameis Winston who hopefully learned a lot this year. We'll see if Jameis Winston is a, a smarter quarterback now. I like Jameis Winston. I, I do I, too, I'm, but he's I'm still going to Despite the fact that he's picks. playing for the Saints, just like as a player, I would like to see him, you know, I would like to see him sort of resurrect his career. Uh, uh, I wish uh, the most ill upon him that's possible, actually, because uh, he mm. played for FSU. So, Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Actually, you know what? What? Yeah, well, there were some weird rumors about him at FSU too, weren't they? Yeah, man. He's uh, FSU. They don't give a fuck, so they let their players do whatever, and uh, they hide. Wasn't he accused? Wasn't he accused of rape too? Yeah, couples, a couple situations, and then stealing some crab legs from the. From the he stole crab legs. Yeah, man. How oh man, he? you know what? I take it back. <laughs> After that crab leg story, I, I, I like, also. I also wish the greatest of ills upon James Winston. <laughs> Stealing crab legs. Yo, you know, crab legs sound good right now. Doesn't it? I might go to a, a, <laughs> a seafood place and make some garlic crabs for dinner. Crab legs, baby. Crab leg. Get one of those big seafood platters with the crab legs and the oysters and the. I want to make it like make some garlic like at home. Get the mm. big pot. I bet if you go down in. to, uh, can you get where can you get crab? Can you get crab legs near you? Probably uh, <clears throat> Melendez. You might have to. Uh, yeah, you might have to go into town. Go to yeah. like the the, the fish spot fucking, on uh, Medboya Plaza. Uh, yeah, or the Ustamam Solo Hall or some shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna look legs, into. Baby. I'm gonna see if I can find some crab legs. That'll be good tonight. Sandra be happy about that. I got some <laughs> Old Bay too. Uh huh. I got some old bay. Uh huh. Man, your boy's good your stuff. Boy hungry. Yeah, again, this this podcast makes me hungry every time. <laughs> well, uh, you're about to fly out. That's it for the NFC South. You're about to fly out of here and uh, go make some uh, TV magic, movie magic. No nah, TV magic. You oh, got TV it right magic. the first time. Yeah, I'm flying up to Lulio today. Uh, it's gonna be cold as fuck. Yeah, man. My beer is gonna be frozen. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be like a every beer hockey without the beer or the hockey. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be gone for about a ten day stretch, but we'll uh, we'll be back in your ear holes yeah. next week. Which one are we doing next week? Who we'll we, do the we AFC should... South. Oh, I see. Oh, there's some logic to this process. I like it. Yeah, AFC South, and then we'll. Uh, We'll work our way clockwise around the NFL. So, Ooh, NFC that'll South. be fun to talk about. Then we'll do NFC West and the NFC South, and then we'll do AFC. I mean NFC North, and then AFC North, and then we'll go over to the Easts. So South, I'm West, so, Northeast. I'm really, I really want this Deshaun Watson thing to land. Like I really, <laughs> like I want, it, I want it to happen. I want, I want something to happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't want him to stay in Houston. I want it to happen. He's going to be in Houston, man. I think he might be right. I don't think they're going to be signed able to get rid of him. mega contract. He's got a no-trade clause. <laughs> and that means he wants to pick his destination. And the place he wants allegedly is Miami. Miami is probably not going to go for it. Mm. So 
Mm. Oh, that's going to be exciting. Maybe Dallas goes after him. You know, there's nothing that says that Dallas is going to actually keep Dak Prescott. All right. Dallas is, I would say, Dallas could do it. I'm just thinking of the tax-free places, Mm. Texas and Florida. Dallas, Mm. Jacksonville, Tampa? Wow. If Tampa did it, then we got us a dynasty. (laughs) Oh, that team. That team with uh, Deshaun Watson, but I don't know if they can afford it. Yeah, they'd have, to, they'd have to offload some other stuff, but I think they could make it happen if he wants to. If he wants tax free, you got Jackson. You're gonna have Deshaun Watson playing backup to Tom Brady. No. If I were Tampa, I would get Brady out of there. Yeah. Hmm. But he doesn't seem to want to leave, though. If I were Tampa and I could get Deshaun Watson, then I would take Brady out of there. It doesn't matter what he wants. <laughs> just that like seems, just like seems, Houston doesn't care what he wants. I'm just thinking very, of the, the only the reason I'm saying this is because of the tax-free stuff. No, Texas, I know. Texas that seems very unlikely to me, though. Of course. Of course. it's unlikely. Um, But I'm just throwing it out there that Dallas. But I'm very, I'm very interested to see the Dak Prescott situation play out because, yeah. we, you know, when he broke his ankle – you know he was on the uh, he was on the franchise tag, which everyone was kind of saying, "What a douchey thing for Jerry Jones to do." Yeah. Uh, and then when he breaks his ankle, Jerry Jones is like, "Of course we're going to bring Dak Prescott back." But I remember we talked about this after it happened, and I was like, yeah. "Don't be surprised." Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Because <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, you know, he's damaged goods. He broke yeah. his leg. And they're going to like, lowball him. Jerry don't give a fuck when it comes down to it. So. Hell no. And Dak Prescott, too, should be out there. He's I feel the same way I do about Julio. He should be out there chasing a ring. If he feels like he's done with Jerry Jones fucking him in the ass, he should just pack up and go. Like, I'll go somewhere else. You know what Think I about Dak about? Prescott. Switch Russell Wilson for Dak Prescott. <laughs> oh, I don't want I don't want Russell Wilson in Dallas. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, but I don't want him in Dallas. I was but thinking, that seems like an even swap to me. They seem like very similar quarterbacks. Yeah. I was thinking that Prescott goes to Pittsburgh. Oof. Yeah? I think that's a good that could be a good situation for him. Dak Prescott in Pittsburgh. I don't care who uh, Dallas gets, but I don't think they would want Big Ben. The hell no. Nobody wants Big Ben. Yeah, exactly. So not as a swap, but or Dak Prescott and the uh, Garoppolo swap. I could see that. Yeah, so Dak Prescott in in San Francisco, I think that makes them legit. Oh, this is the fun part. I love the quarterback carousel. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's gonna start rolling soon, and in a month, we're gonna actually have the free agency moving around too. March seventeenth. Yeah, what's the date on that? March seventeenth. March seventeenth, and then the draft is in April. April twenty right? ninth. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, so we'll be and leading up to the draft, we'll uh, we'll we'll dig into. It's gonna be fun. That's cool. I love it. All right. Well, this has been uh, another episode of Sven FL uh, Autopsy Edition. (laughs) 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 So we will uh, check y'all out next week when we do the AFC South. So if your team's AFC South in the AFC South, you don't want to miss it. And uh, just so you know, the AFC South is the Colts, the I'm trying to get it alphabetical too. Colts, Jags, Titans, and Texans. Damn, Texans, Titans. <laughs> Colts, right. Jags, e Texans, becomes, Titans. E comes before I. Yeah. <clears throat> and in Swedish, they're the same letter. E, 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 E. They got like four yeah. E's in there. <laughs> then you mix it up because remember that old thing they used to tell you in grade school? I, I before I, E. I before E except after C. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> like, hey, Especially when there's more words that spell it. That are spelled with the uh, E-I mm-hmm. than uh, I, I before you. So mm-hmm. It's a dumbass rule. It's a dumb rule. Anyway, uh, that's been Spinifel. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next episode. If you want to support us, hit us up on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Spinifel. If you mm. think that all this research and shit is worth a dollar a month, then hook us up, dollar a month. We would appreciate it. And it all goes towards a big ass party we're having whenever COVID's over. All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, if y'all want to party with us, then uh, contribute. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. 
Jonathan Rollins. Skip Nisara. And we will see you next time. Peace. Later, y'all. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.